The sound of the Amis tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, bringing you 15 minutes of English language features. Up ahead in today's program, we have... What do we have? Oh, my music program, Jukebox Republic. But first, we're going to begin with Here in Taiwan. Today is April 8th, if you're joining us now on Facebook. Otherwise, it would be April 11th, Monday. And you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm joined in the studio by Tomasz Kapel. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be looking at a couple of uh, interesting stories here. Like, for one, a farmer was sentenced to jail for modifying airsoft gun. Mm -hmm. And I had to look this up. I didn't even know what that is all about. But um, that's going to be interesting to talk about. I've got that story for you. And then also about a DNA testing to be conducted on giant trees on Lada San. Now, Lada San is popular for its peaches. Mm. Yeah, yummy and juicy, sweet yeah, peaches. But anyway. Not the same trees. It's no. Uh, we're not talking <laughs> giant peaches. We're not talking. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not talking about that. And also, Taiwan is rolling out initiative to subsidize Mandarin learning for foreign students. All those stories coming right up. Well, we'll start with my story first. Mm -hmm. um, I find this pretty interesting. Um, basically, this farmer uh, was sentenced to one year and four months in prison and also fined him a little more than a thousand US dollars for modifying uh, an airsoft gun, mm -hmm. making it more dangerous. Okay. Now, what do you know about airsoft guns? Not a lot. Um, okay. I uh, did airsoft guns. Uh, one time, I don't know what the proper verb is. Like I, I went to an airsoft, or I played around with the guns once. Like I, yeah. It, what what you do is usually you go with a group of friends. Right. Uh, there are places uh, where you can just like pay for uh, you know a few hours, and they give you the guns, and there's usually somewhere to run around and shoot at each other. Well, was that here in Taiwan? No, that was oh. back in Poland. Oh, okay. So it's pretty common, you know, kind of like all over different countries. Yeah, yeah. Here so in it's Taiwan like, as well. It's, it's for people who like guns, but, <laughs> you know, don't want to go to jail uh, for shooting others. Not necessarily <laughs> like guns, but it's just, uh, you know, a fun kind of teamwork kind of game, I would say. I, you know? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I don't know how much team building can be done through airsoft. <laughs> Honestly, like guns are not my thing. I, I've okay. I've never had a fascination with guns. Well, you even be. even in video <laughs> games, I I, oh, okay. I tend not to play games where with guns. it's where it's shooting mean, like, people. No, just games with guns. I don't have a problem with just yeah. guns being in a game. But when when most of the gameplay is about shooting other people, uh -huh. it's not that fun for me. Uh, and, yeah. and airsoft guns are just that. Are like all of the fun is shooting people yeah so i don't like w when i hear about company team building retreats where there's airsoft uh available i i, I always think like 
how's that helping team building? Like <laughs> being able to shoot your boss in the butt with an airsoft pellet. And believe me, they I mean, that, that is cathartic, I'm sure. But yeah, but uh, apparently they really hurt. Even though, like these, are not supposed. I wouldn't so, like, say they really soft. hurt. Like they hurt. Oh, a I don't bit. know. I, I've heard of people who really hurt, and then they get bruises. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, well, I have, oh, a, I have a lot of. Uh, what's the word? Flubber. You wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> have to worry, I guess. But I think that all my kids have, uh, some way or another, played this game, and mm -hmm. it was like you know, with a group of friends, like you were saying, and um, even, yeah. Anyway, even with like church friends. You know, just for the fun of it, and so they went and and actually get into these um these um camouflage you know these outfits right mm -hmm, yeah and then they try to dress up looking like you know wow really in for a fight kind of thing, and um yeah they just go shoot around and then um they, they shoot at different colors so you know when you're shot with the color you when mean you got paintball paint. you paint. mean paintball yeah isn't it the same uh, sort uh, of no, thing no that's that's different what? paintball paintball oh, I thought it's the same so airsoft guns uh use plastic pellets that like, are right, tiny right. no paint in them oh so oh. It, it kind of relies on people being honest about being hit when you when you feel that you've been hit you raise your hand and you walk off the oh. field oh okay yeah. and i thought or at least that's thing. that's how it worked that one time i did airsoft oh, i see I see. Yeah. Got um, it. And okay. So, um, I'm. By I, the way, I got okay. hung up on on the part where you said that your <laughs> your children did that with with their church church friends. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you do after church? It's like, let's go, you know, enjoy some gunplay. <laughs> As a some sort of team, you know, team play. But anyway, but um, team building. But um, um, so basically, he bought the weapon. Mm. And um, this was in Kaohsiung. He wanted to use it to chase away monkeys that were stealing from his crops. Right. Okay. And monkeys are a big thing in Kaohsiung, especially. Um, they're the Formosan uh, macaques, you know, mm -hmm. and they can be really nasty. I mean, really, if you got food or even just carrying a bag with food in it, they attack you and just snatch the bag away and get the food i mean they're really nasty oh one I've, time i've heard that i've seen them once or twice and oh. they were they were just there like hanging out in the trees literally oh well um, let me yeah. tell you one time we went to uh it was uh Qingjing with my daughter and my husband just the three of us because she wanted to take a trip before she started her nursing job and um, because she knew that she won't be able to take much vacation after that um so we actually it was during the day and we were in a cabin and we saw the scratching and knocking on our door. Oh. I mean, I'm telling you, they were the monkeys. We know that it was them because it was just scary. You know, we were, it was broad, broad daylight huh. and they were getting uh, to our doors and everything. Wow. So they're a pretty, pretty nasty bunch. But anyway, so um, basically, uh, you know, the police, um, they concluded that the way he modified the gun was making it more dangerous. And so, um, but still, it says here, making it more dangerous than normal airsoft gun, but less lethal than a firearm. So I, I saw that he modified it uh, in such a way that it would allow for uh, a faster rate of fire. Mm, mm, so mm. just shooting more shooting. pellets. So oh. it's not like the pellets were more deadly. It's just there was more of them. Yeah. And um, yeah. Well, interestingly, he was his property was searched in connection to uh, drug? drug dealing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Suspicion. So, um, so, but, uh, so yeah, they, they apparently were looking for drugs, but found an airsoft gun. Mm. And if if that punishment seems a bit ill-fitting for the crime, 
uh, because it's a year and four months and thirty thousand NT dollars in fines, which is like a thousand a thousand US dollars. Yes, but I mean, with the prison, I mean, I would term. Like I'm, jail I'm time? surprised. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I'm surprised that there's jail time. I yeah. thought it would just be a fine, but right. apparently, okay. Check this out. Article eight, yeah, of uh, Taiwan's Controlling Guns, Ammunition, and Knives Act says that any person who manufactures, sells, or transports standard or non-standard pen guns, gas guns, tranquilizer guns, hunting guns, air guns, or any other firing device that can shoot metal object or bullets with lethal force, uh, blah blah blah, legal yeah. lingo without approval, shall be sentenced to life imprisonment. Oh my gosh, now yeah. I'm seeing this. Or imprisonment of no less than five years, as well as a fine up to 10 million NT dollars. Oh my gosh, this is So he serious. actually was treated very, very leniently. lightly. Yeah, yeah, because apparently he uh, showed uh, contrition. Yeah. And he was willing to work with the authorities. Uh, so uh, it was ruled that uh, it was a minor infraction on his part rather right. than... You know, an intentional offense. Like right. He, he, uh, it was concluded that he posed no threat to society. But yeah. still, <laughs> life imprisonment. I mean, yeah. honestly, like as, as long as the law is applied to only serious offenders who actually have real lethal weaponry, then I'm fine with that. I'm actually like, I know some of our <laughs> listeners and viewers are from <laughs> the United States. Right. I'm European. So the, the idea of owning guns... Uh, or or gun ownership being s- as prevalent as it is in the United States is shocking to me. Mm, um, mm. So I, I actually am not against uh, these kind of laws, harsh punishments for ownership of illegal guns or just, you know, gun control in general. I am all for it um, because then, or, you know, at least so as to avoid a situation that the uh, mm. United States is in uh, yeah. where where. A lot of people have guns, and they are used on a daily basis against civilians, right? They say for def- defense. Yeah. But um, this guy in this case, I mean, I feel sorry for him, though, because I think he's he was desperate, you know, trying to think of ways to chase away those monkeys because right. they can be really nasty. And farmers, I think they encounter this kind of issues a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, they wreck their brains to think about what to do and, and what legal ways to do, you know, do something like chasing the monkeys or whatever. Right. So... But anyway, um, at least it's a lighter punishment. <laughs> you okay? All right. Yes. Good. It's it's not the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, let's. Uh, I say we go to the next story. I'd say let's go to this uh, giant tree thing. I want to hear more about this. Okay. So, well, uh, yeah. so uh, Taiwan is known for giant trees. Actually, they're they're found um, in more than one place. Uh, I've seen uh, many of those uh, up in um, Taroko. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and on the way to Hehuansan. Actually, mm-hmm. there's uh, one. Um, it's, it's famous. It's right by the side of the, the mountain highway uh, mm-hmm. that, that leads all the way to Wuling Pass, which is the highest uh, surface road in Taiwan. Yeah, we call um, them. We're calling them sacred trees. Right. Yeah, yeah. because they are sacred to yeah. the local communities, right. and uh, most of them tend to be uh, Taiwanese cypresses or Taiwanese red cypresses, mm-hmm. um, and they can live for a very, very long time and grow to some like pretty huge sizes. As in, you know, think American sequoias, right? Yeah. Where you, you you need a few people holding hands to right. encompass the right. tree. 
well, so a lot of them have been believed to be very, very old. Um, but and, and they are susceptible to a certain type of fungus that mm. can absolutely destroy them. It eats them from the inside and then eventually they collapse. So uh, uh, scientists, uh, researchers have um, analyzed the, the holes in trees uh, that are very often uh, the s- a sign that the tree has been infected with the fungus. And uh, as an aside, they ran DNA tests on mm-hmm. those trees. And it turns out that a lot of them are not as old as previously thought. Oh, no. Um, so cypresses... cypresses <laughs> this is embarrassing. No, no, no. It's, they're still pretty old. They're still okay. impressively old. Okay. But not as old. Okay. Uh, and cypresses, the way they grow is uh, the saplings very often intertwine as a, as a survival mechanism. So when you see a giant tree, very often if you test the, gen- the genetic material, it turns out that it's two or three trees that grew together ah, okay um so for example well the, the currently 24 trees are being tested and they range from um 500 to 2000 years old all right so they're still very impressively old yeah giant tree number five um within the lalasan uh, or lala mountain yeah. um the forest uh, preservation area um is 2800 years old wow that oldest. is amazing. Like every time I, I hear about you know an ancient organism like that, it, it blows my mind uh, because well that tree was already around when, when the <laughs> Roman Empire started. Really, the Roman yeah. Republic um, yeah. actually came after the tree mm. started growing, which is you know mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is um, one of the trees that is uh, the the Xianglin giant tree. So I, I guess one of the major ones in that area. Um, the original way of estimating the age of a tree in that area was to measure its diameter. But because it turns out that cypresses grow sometimes in pairs or in threes. Oh yeah, groups, right. It's hard to measure. It was originally estimated the tree that the tree was two thousand three hundred years old, uh-huh. which is very impressive. Yeah. But then DNA testing showed it to be 626 years old. Okay. Which is still pretty still, I know, yes. And the tree itself, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's still there. It's still an organism. Yes, it's a symbiotic organism, I guess. It's, it's more than one tree. Mm. But 626 years old and a diameter of like many meters, actually, does, the story doesn't say. Mm. But yeah, it, it is one of those trees where you need a bunch of people holding hands at the base of it just to encompass the whole thing. Right. So yeah, still uh, very, very interesting stuff. Uh, have you ever seen any of those? Yes, I have. Trees? I have. Um, I forgot where I went, but I, I've been on a few hiking trails and specifically to see, they call them senmu, you mm-hmm. know, sacred yeah, trees sacred or trees. sacred wood, whatever. And so um, it, it really is amazing. It's usually quite a hike in to even get to the very first, you know, um, giant tree yeah but um but it's worth a hike you know yeah. that that i remember that hike was really taking a long time i was thinking well we're not going to turn back until we see the first tree you know? <laughs> and then feel like okay and then it's worth you know turning back you know i but, um yeah every time every time i visit those trees and this is going to be a nerdy reference for one of our listeners who's uh, in the chat uh on on our facebook uh, live broadcast gentilari yeah they remind me of kashik which is uh in star wars there's this planet oh. where wookies come from and oh, apparently okay. it's a giant forest and it's all you know massive massive huge trees like you know the the local 
population like they carve their cities inside those trees mm. and, and build around those trees I um, that part yeah anyway. it's it's not okay. really in the movies it's in the extended universe okay. um yeah it's it's a it's a an amazing feeling that mm. i get uh when i'm around giant trees i, yeah, I should probably amazing. be around them more <laughs> yeah i think it's amazing they only grow in high mountains though um, you, you don't really find them on uh, lowland, right. uh, low-lying areas. In, because uh, they get cleaner air up there. <laughs> I, I guess. It's just their preference. <laughs> so um, we have some okay. comments. Yeah. Um, well, Gustavo Lucas says that fortunately he can watch here in Taiwan on Fridays because on Mondays and Wednesdays he has to work early in the morning. Oh, okay. um, Jen Delari, uh also says that... Uh, being in the U.S., I'm a bit out of the loop on how harsh that punishment is. Is Taiwan's mm. punishment on the level of other countries more punishing mm. or less? Um, it is. Uh, I, I, when it comes to gun control, uh, definitely harsher punishments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guns are not, not really a thing in Taiwan. As no. in the police have them. The military has them, but. Uh, I have yet to meet uh, a regular person who would own, own a gun. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but it's kind of like, well, it's it's the same thing in Poland. If you want to have a gun, you have to have a reason for it. Um, if you if you really want to keep a gun at home, you have to be a member of a, of a club, uh, like a rifle association, uh, or have a hunting license. It's not uh, as easy as it is in, for example, the United States, uh, when you could, where you can just walk to a, a walk right. into a store and just you know fill out some paperwork and get a right. gun. Yeah. Like in some states, on the same day or even on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In Poland, I I know it's it's months, and you know you really have to like prove that you're proficient with a gun you know how to use it and you have a, uh, a purpose like even if that purpose is leisure even if it's like oh i just like firing guns then you have to be a member of a club you have to you know go through training and be certified uh, in, right. in some way that uh, to use a gun yeah so um, that people know that you're using it the proper way Jendalari often says, I often feel, uh, I often drive into the forests around here and feel like I'm in Endor. So Endor is another planet from Star Wars, uh, it's <laughs> from the third original movie. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. Endor had pretty big trees as well. Mm, that's amazing. Now, airsoft guns, are they considered guns? I mean... No. As in so, like not in Europe. No, they're, they, they are controlled uh, more than other you know items that you can buy in a in a hobby store right got it um but yeah no they're not considered real guns because they're non-lethal okay yeah all right um i i'm sure some of them can be modified to be become more dangerous yeah Yeah, i don't i don't think to the point of being lethal in this case with this farmer i think he turned into a dangerous thing that's well anyway at least he's got a lighter punishment. So, yeah. Uh, uh, well, at least he did, he didn't go to <sighs> prison for life. That would yeah. have been insane. Well, in this case now, maybe the authorities is going to think of ways to help him with, deal with his problem with the monkeys. <laughs> right. Well, he can still appeal uh, the sentence as well. Okay. So it's not like we forgot to mention that. It's it's not uh, the final verdict. Final thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, he can still maybe get uh, even more lenient treatment. All right. All right, well, we've got some time for uh, the very last story we've got here about Taiwan rolling out initiatives subsidizing Mandarin learning for foreign students. That's right. Oh, uh, I mean, we know about this, don't we? I mean, uh, unless there's something new. Well, there's a there's a new uh, subsidy. So All Taiwan right. is really trying to attract people, woo foreign um, 
Well, experts, in this case, experts in training. Um, so Taiwan wants uh, employees. Uh, there is a labor shortage right now in Taiwan, especially in certain industries. Um, so there are a few uh, industries that uh, Taiwan wants to incentivize or people in those industries, students in those industries. Uh, Taiwan wants them here you know, finishing their studies, working here, learning Mandarin. Stay here. And yeah, just staying here, here to stay. <laughs> and those are tech, biotech, green tech, smart manufacturing, defense, and circular economy industries. Oh. So kind of very narrowly Yeah, you and I don't defined. fit in that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We're, uh, we're <laughs> literate people you know we're we're not uh we're just good talking <laughs> number crunchers so <laughs> we're good at talking no one needs that <laughs> um but yeah so the the standard course that you get uh in when you arrive in taiwan when you're pursuing a, an advanced degree and you need mandarin for that uh is one year and it's 15 hours of classes per week Okay. With the assumption that you're going to be also learning just by hanging out and, you know, uh, talking to people. And oh, just, really? Just living here. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I, that's how I came to yeah. Taiwan. My my first year, I was on that exact scholarship. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I had a scholarship, but uh, some of the other students were paying themselves. And, and now, so the tuition will be subsidized partially by, by the government, mm. uh, which will make it more affordable to people who don't have full scholarships. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I talked to you, I asked you before just how big is the Polish community here in Taiwan. You said not very big, right? No, no, it's uh, around 250 people. Wow. Yeah, only a few it, of us. It feels like you should be able to get to know everyone, <laughs> 250. Mm, <laughs> no, I don't know everyone. I mean, 250 is still a lot of people. <laughs> Many of and them they're are, spread out all over Taiwan, yeah, not, not just in Taipei. They're, most of them are in most Taipei. Most are in Taipei. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of them are students, though, you know, who are here for a period of time, and then they disappear. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, there was a period in my life when I kind of, I, I, I seem to have, uh, gone to a farewell party almost every weekend. Oh. <laughs> so it was like, you know, oh, farewell party this weekend, next weekend, the weekend after that. Like a lot of people were leaving. So since then, I, when I, when I meet people and I hear that someone's, oh, I'm only here for one year. And it's like, okay, cool, you know, have fun. Good <laughs> luck in Taiwan. But I, I don't think we're going to be close friends because... Uh -huh. I'm just tired of saying goodbye to people. <laughs> so I, I tend to uh, stick or, or just be, you know, closer and like have closer friendships uh, with, with people who are here long term just mm. because I want to avoid that problem. Yeah. Right. So most of them come here to study Chinese? I mean, a okay. lot. No, that, that also uh, there are a lot of people who live here permanently. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say out of the 250, maybe 100 are students. But this is just my guesstimation. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think about our um, Chinese learning program? Is it good, efficient? It's, it, it, depends be on the, <laughs> it depends on the university because every university has a different program. Uh, the one I was in, yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, It was Chinese Culture University, it was called, mm -mm. Um, who uh, they're up in the mountains, in mountains. actually, their main yeah, campus, but they the, the Mandarin Training Center was downtown by um, Daan Park. Oh, okay. It's very good. If you're planning on coming to Taiwan and you're looking for a school, check them out. Um, they are affordable, but uh, it seems that they are like new to the uh, Mandarin training market. So they're really trying to build mm. a, a brand. Yeah. All right. So we get subsidies for learning Chinese here. So 
try yeah. and apply. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if if you are in any of those industries, um, the, the the pilot program this year um, also covered people in um, other areas like long-term medical care, um, things that are needed in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, agriculture, I think it was uh, part of it uh, as well. So look it up and, you know, maybe that's a thing for you. Yep, that's right. Well, that's all we've got for you for here in Taiwan. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Tomasz Kopper. Stay tuned for my music program coming right up, Jukebox Republic. to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. Today I want to talk about an artist, a Taiwanese-Australian instrumentalist, multi-instrumentalist. I have to emphasize that. His name is Matt Xu, and he recently won an award at the 2022 Queensland Music Awards. Um, he won the uh, QMAs, you know, Queensland Music Awards, World Category Award. And uh, he won it with a song called Welcome to the Neighborhood Taiwan. But the music you're listening to now is not that music. Um, it's the music of one of the rappers in his particular uh, repertoire. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get Matt Shu's music. Uh, maybe next time. Um, I think our radio station would have to purchase the music in order for me to play it so there won't be any copyright issue. But I just am so proud of Matt Xu because actually uh, he got the inspiration to write this music um, as a way of coming to grips with internalized racism. Yes, with racism from growing up in Australia. Anyway, have a listen to this particular music by one of his rappers in his uh, song and uh, this is um, by Lao Mo okay Lao Mo Il Mo it's called Sleepy Heads featuring Lao Mo Sentai多了,现在你没在想,因为你太累了,现在的你只想,进入那梦想,好像那繁忙,因为是真的,想睡了,想睡了,会温暖的家,躺温暖的床,因为是真的,想睡了,想睡了,进入那梦想,好像那
Well, that's a nice slow wrap, I'd say. Maybe I could even tackle that. Anyway, you're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and today in particular, I want to talk about Matt Xu, a Taiwanese Australian multi instrumentalist、uh, who won at the Queensland Music Awards. Actually, it's the second time winning it. He won the first time in back in 2020. But anyway.、Um, The music that he wrote and won is called、uh, "Welcome to the Neighborhood Taiwan: Colon Taiwan." In Chinese, it's "Jiu Jiu Dang Jia Li." Okay, it's quite a catchy tune, and he's got quite a few really talented artists in on this music with him.、Uh, like, for example, the rapper that you just heard, Lao Mo, and then another rapper whom you, I will play his music later on is Chun Yin. And then another Australian Taiwanese jazz R&B singer, Caitlin or Kylene,、um, she was like the lead vocalist in this uh, song, um, this award-winning song. And as I've introduced Matt Shu as a multi-instrumentalist, he was somewhat in the background playing like so many different instruments. Apparently, fifteen different instruments, all for the song.、Um, You couldn't imagine how he mixed them all together, but anyway, it was supposedly a '70s soul-inspired hip-hop track, and it was, like I said,、uh, part of a process of coming to grips with internalized racism from growing up in Australia. So、uh, it it featured like classical Chinese phrases as well, and harmonic lyrics from Caitlin Kylene. So she was singing in English and Chinese, and it's just a quite an amazing song. And the music video,、uh, while she's singing, it seemed like she was in Taiwan as she was taking a selfie, sort of like you know taking a video of herself in different parts of Taipei or even Taiwan. And it's it, it's good to watch the music video and listen to the song at the same time. So. During Matt Shu's、um, acceptance speech, he said, and I quote, "This song has been part of a process of me coming to grips with my internalized racism, of questioning why I tried so hard to fit in a dominant white culture, a dominant white music industry, and realize how awesome it is to be Taiwanese and Australian." Well, that's awesome. I mean, thumbs up to him. He was born in Brisbane in 1986 to Taiwanese immigrants,、um, and he tried to be so white as white as possible while growing up to fit in with other kids, to avoid, you know,、uh, discrimination, to avoid racism directed at Asian people at the time. And while he was growing up、uh, in Australia,、um, he would experience, you know, at school, he would experience and and witness. Uh, Australians randomly telling Asians to go back to the country of origin, you know, and he would see graffiti in public toilets telling Asians to go home, blah blah blah. So again, I quote from him. He said, "I try to be as white as possible so I don't get victimized, and in doing that, I figure the best way to be as white as possible is just to be a ratty indie kid, skateboarding, listening to metal and punk music, just being so far." From the Asian stereotype of piano and violin, and being good at math and science, yeah, I don't know if I need to explain that, but Taiwanese people comes across as being smart in math and science, 
and they, you know, either know how to play the violin or the piano. And it's so true. I learned the piano when I、uh, growing up. My brother learned the violin growing up, and then we had to accompany each other、uh, at concerts or like these, what is it? These contests, you know.、Uh, it was nerve wracking. It was not fun. I was. I never looked happy, you know, in any of the pictures that、um, my parents took of us. You know, I think. But anyway,、um, it was agony. So. To go on with this story about Matt Shi, and、uh, for the most part, he was, in fact, able to avoid being on the receiving end of these racist remarks. You know, he said he's just got to be known as the Asian guy who is in with the rebel white and mixed kids. Well, I'm gonna break here for a song by, uh, uh, again by Lao Mo. This one is called 在教室 in the classroom. It's also featuring Iwan.
You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm talking about Matt Xu, Taiwanese Australian multi instrumentalist who recently won an award at the Queensland、um, Music Awards. And the thing is that、um, when Matt grew up, you know, he found that racism is actually getting less and less serious in Australia,、um, you know, compared to when he was younger.、Um, he said, and I quote, As I've grown, as I've gotten older, only very rarely, maybe on like Australia Day, someone might yell out of a car, "You don't belong here. Go back to where you came from." And then, also at the same time, as an adult, he had the opportunity to meet a lot of Asians, you know, through music, through contests or whatever, and which made him question why he felt so embarrassed of being Asian himself when these others don't have that kind of same feeling. You know, he was saying these people are really proud of their culture, and they are also great people, really cool, and they don't have that almost self shame of being Asian that I have. You know, and I'm quoting from Matt Shi. Again, he was saying, through music and meeting musicians from different backgrounds that are really proud of their backgrounds, those layers of self racism just kind of fell off to a point now where I'm really proud of being Taiwanese and Australian. And I want to show that element of myself through my music every time I make music. So what he does is that he heads a twenty-member ensemble,、uh, and it's called Matchy's Obscure Orchestra. I like that name, Obscure Orchestra. And like I said, he actually won his first award at the Queensland Music Awards back in 2020, and this is his second time winning in 2022, and. Listen to this. He said he's planning to visit Taiwan this year, and I wonder if it's his first time visiting Taiwan. But anyway, so his ideology for the ensemble is underpinned by inclusiveness. Okay, so like gender equality,、um, inclusion, visibility, and it's really reflected, you know, in his group、uh, with this with all this diversity because、uh, his group is comprised of Indigenous First Nations. Uh, black people and other people of color and non-binary and trans artists. Well, that's great, you know. And I'm, I'm happy for him to be able to overcome that fear of racism, that fear of being labeled as an Asian.、Um, I don't think it's it comes easy for for him or for anyone for that matter.、Um, let's have a listen to a song, not by Matt Shu though. Um, we have yet to get his album here in the radio station, but、um, by his other rapper Chun Yin. This one is called "Sin Huxi Deep Breath." Take a deep breath. Sing, sing, you're bunny. 
秒滴答滴，时间透露秘密，手心你注意。宝贝，一起深呼吸，感受流动的魔力，节奏保持在这里，改变世界从心里。宝贝，一起深呼吸，感受流动的魔力，节奏保持在这里。限动，而我被限制行动。脸红像小苹果，脸红像殷红。多数人爱被追求，而我们最爱点头。多数人为爱发疯，我们单纯爱发疯。到处都是广告在洗脑，一起床没洗脑就快要无处跑。而你的心跳是那么清晰，早就应该听到，你应该听到。I don't know about you, but、um, whether you know racism is prevalent in your country or discrimination for that matter. I remember many, 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 many years ago.、Uh, I believe it was my first trip to the states, to United States, and、um, my dad. You know, we、uh, he took us to America,、um, and I think we visited several cities, and. In one place, it was during the winter. It was kind of cold. We were walking the streets. We were lost. My dad tried to approach a white guy and ask him for directions.、Um, from what I remember, the guy did not turn his head, and he just kind of brushed my dad aside and said, "No, no, no," you know. And that was sad. I felt sorry for my dad.、Um, I don't think I understood at the time what was happening, but now I thought back on it. Um, that was racism. That was, and、um, in Taiwan, people foreigners have seen us being very friendly to any color, any kind of people, any nationality, and I think that really is how we are.、Um, Taiwanese people are known to be very friendly, very warm, hospitable, and and people can feel very open being here, being very accepting. And、uh, I think for one thing, Taiwanese people are really Um, curious about、uh, you know different nationalities, about different races.、Um, I think more so in the beginning when I first came to Taiwan, or even earlier than that. I think、um, because I remember one of my colleagues was talking um, uh, here at radio、uh, at RTI, how he when he first arrived in Taiwan, people were so curious about his you know brown hair or something like that、um, that when he was on the bus. He would suddenly feel these fingers, kind of like you know, touching his hair, going through his, you know, his,、uh, yeah, his head, and and then touching his hair, like being just like in shock, finding you know、uh, a different kind of 
color of hair, I guess, maybe,、um, you know, in Taiwan. But anyway,、um, I'm. I say congratulations to Matt Xu, and I'm proud of him, and I'm happy that he's coming to Taiwan. Well, who knows? Would I be able to interview him for my music show? We'll see about that. Anyway, that's it for Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and one more song from Chun Yin,、uh, one of the rappers for Matt Xu's、um, um, "Welcome to the Na- My Neighborhood,"、uh, Taiwan,、um, and this would be. Morpha boy, magic boy. This is just a mouse. Taller than a now. That's what I feel. Baby boy, that's what I feel. Baby face, baby, 你荒废我心里。我假装没被吸引，尝试靠近做无敌。你消失在屋里，深深的无底，都不见踪影。不唱 KTV， 你都去哪里？这样的问题，只藏在心底。偷偷钻进你梦中，给你几分钟。哥哥要来给你弄。你到底是用了什么魔法？那种魔法，神奇魔法，可以的话带我跟你什么魔法？魔镜，魔镜，究竟这是黑魔法还白魔法？再等下去我就变成白头发，快离开你的他！你的闪闪发亮就是你的吗？想去哪就去哪，有时候没办法，什么真什么假？怪物和你一起打，怎么那么傻？没太多想法，一步一步闯，和你一起爽，和你一起耍，和你一起装虚幻的梦想，和你一起装一只温暖的绵羊，我和你一起跳，倒在巴黎的酒吧，你味道那么香，舍不得打开车窗。幸好我有带望远镜，没在怕。住在山里头的怪兽已经那么大，如果那个怪兽它就跟我一样 smart。Oh God， 不要怕，快回家，躲进我的家。也许有天我会变得不在乎，也许有天失去伙伴我们会痛哭。爱有一个不小心，捞起我的心，要了我的命。你到底是用了什么魔法？那种魔法，神奇魔法。Thank you for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster. We hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio, and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw. Again, go to our website en.rti.org.tw 
for engaging news, videos, and programs about Taiwan. If you like to hang out on social media, RTI is there too. Our Facebook URL is Radio Taiwan International. And you can watch our engaging video features, including the weekly news magazine program Taiwan Insider, on our YouTube channel, RTI English. Again, our YouTube channel is RTI English. For those who enjoy the Twitter sphere, our handle for Taiwan Insider is at Taiwan Insider. For RTI English, it's at Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. And if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone, just download our app RTI to go. That's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news, videos, and programs. That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune into 6100 kilohertz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kilohertz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at english at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International. Music